Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to tonight's podcast. We are joined by only a couple of our star guests. We're still waiting on one. Hopefully they show up soon, but we'll see. Um, so tonight's topic is... Uh, ha, sorry, brain fart here. Uh, the lies of good men. How to tarnish a hero uh, while still keeping them as good guys, right? So that's kind of our topic we're going to discuss uh, and what all that means, what the implications are, how to do it well, how to do it poorly all across the board, and then we're going to talk about this and our wonderful guest experience. Speaking of our star guests, let's get them introduced. Uh, no particular order, we're just going on this side. So first up is Owen. Owen, go ahead and give us your intro. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, migratory life form with a tropism for bookstores. Um, in my copious spare time, I uh, run some live streams, do some writing, do some game design, do some editing, do some therapeutic game mastering for my sins. Um, most recently published a new tabletop RPG that I'm very proud of, Splintered Moon. Find it on itch.io. And you can see me many days on our YouTube channel. No theoretical bias. That's the only one of its name on YouTube. Yay us. Um, and I'm really, really glad to be here. Very, very excited. Awesome. Fantastic. Any other places where they can find you? Website, things like that? Oh, all sorts. Uh, Linktree, Chanted Evening, itch.io is under uh, Fallon Spog. Uh, I've got my own Discord channel. Search for me at Saga Smith. I have a, a TikTok presence. My 18-year-old kiddo is mad because I have more followers than they do. <laughs> it's only 7,000. It's not a big, I'm not, you know, Matt Mercer who, yeah, nobody's worried. Um, on, uh, I can't remember my TikTok handle now, right off the top of my head. Anyway, yeah, I'm around. Links, what do they say? Links and comments? <laughs> Links so. and comments. Yeah, they'll, they'll be attached to the video, or at least the link tree at a minimum. So it has uh, the, the way to get perfect. the majority of them. Um, perfect, perfect. Someone already commented on the stream. Oh, it's our favorite thing. It's a bot telling us that they that, uh, they can stream our stuff for the cheap cheeps. Uh, <laughs> oh. Gotta love those. All right, jumping over to Bryce. Who are you? What you do? Tell us yeah. about yourself. Name is Bryce. I am a partner at Alto Workplace Benefits. We help companies install wellness programs, virtual wellness programs into them. We've mostly worked with municipalities and governments, but we can really work with almost anybody uh, as long as you have over 20 full-time employees and pay into health care insurance. I started entrepreneurial I was going to say spirit, but journey back in 2016-ish uh, when I started a Madden YouTube uh, channel that I thought was really going to take off and make me millions, but that never took off and that didn't make me millions. So here I am, never went to college, graduated high school. So, you know, that's pretty much it. In my spare time, I'm unhealthily involved with the Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and also watch a decent amount of basketball as well. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And watch too much YouTube, as my parents like to say. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's any. Uh, where can people find you? Places, links, things. Like oh that? yeah, yeah, yep. I also have a new YouTube channel for what we do now with wellness programs. Bryce Milton at Alto Workplace Benefits, and that's the same as my LinkedIn. Those are like the two perfect. most popular places to find me. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So. Um, if George shows up, we'll give him his intro time when he gets here. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get moving and grooving. Obviously, the other person on the screen there is Rye Guy or Younger. You all know him, so, you know, he doesn't need the intro, but he can wave, I guess. Look at that fancy, fancy haircut he's got going on. 
got cool medieval art in the background. Well, that's actually Witcher artwork. Is it? Oh, it is, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It looks good. Yeah, it's a, so, a wood print. The time I do a that. pretty good Witcher. I do a pretty good Witcher impersonation. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, I'm mm. Nice. Mm. Anything, just just throw it in wherever you know. It's like a punctuation mark. <laughs> Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. No, no, you're good. That's perfect. Yeah. Um. So tonight's topic. Let's clarify what the heck we're talking about, right? When we talk about tarnishing a hero, when I say those words, what do they mean to you? When I say a hero is tarnished, what am I talking about? Well, we'll start with Bryce. Yeah, that means that they ruin that person's legacy. Okay. Uh, and try to strip them down from anything that they did heroic. So they try and find anything that was a flaw or maybe that they were really bad at. And they just try and push that more than what they actually did as a hero. So trying to make them not heroic and more like a human, I guess, is trying to strip down a hero. Okay. Owen? Um, my brain goes a couple of different ways. Uh, in uh, On the website TV Tropes, if you have approximately 14 years to kill TV tropes, it's a very deep rabbit hole. They talk about the bad good guy and the good bad guy. Um, similar but different. Um, so when you tarnish a hero, my first thought is a hero is a person with flaws that you're kind of behind anyway. You know, they've had more pet the dog moments than they've had kick the dog moments, and you're rooting for them. Um, but then they do something, then they do something questionable. They do something, um, you know, in a story, in a movie, um, they make a choice that you might not have wanted them to make. And, uh, and they can completely, you know, slide off the edge into, uh, into evil. The other one I'm thinking about is we got so many, uh, celebrities who were like, oh, I really, really like fill in the blank. And then they'll completely step on their own <clears throat> toes uh, live on the air. And you're just like, man, I really wanted to keep liking this celebrity, this creator, this writer, this, you know, movie star, whatever. But it, it, it takes the shine off, you know, a sports star, you know, Tiger Woods. Oh, man. Oh, Tiger, why did you do that? We are all so happy about you, and now you have to be a jerk. You know? So, um, and, and, and again, the, the literature is full of this. You know, literature, movies, uh, TV. Somebody takes a really, really bad turn, and either they go hardcore evil or they find their redemption arc. And both of those are interesting. Solid. All right. Younger. What about you? So I would like to break it up into like two different segments. Okay. One being, one being, uh, when, when you're playing the game and in the moment, you know, uh, you can have the, like countries are ran by all sorts of people. Right. And so if you are like pro your province or whatever, but the guy who's in charge is a bad guy. You don't know him personally. You know, you just hear the what what the people say about him. Oh, he's done these great things, da 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 da. But maybe on a personal level, he's a terrible human being who goes and like 
mistreats people in dungeons, you know, regularly to pleasure himself. Um, and so, like, you're you're sent on quests, you know, uh, at the order of the king, and you guys are heroes of that place, but you are the villains of every other place that is around. Um, there are good guys and bad guys uh, all throughout history, you know, and so I don't see any reason why a like tarnishing the reputation could not simply be a uh, difference of opinion on which side of the spectrum you are in regards to like humanitarianism. Okay. Interesting. Is that both points or do you have another one? Uh, well, it's more like you can look back in history and uh, other people can victors, the victors write history, right? So you could go and be like, Oh yeah. Um, those guys, they they were cannibals. Yeah, they were cannibals. They were never cannibals in reality, but you took care of them, you killed them, and you said you killed them because they were cannibals. Um, that's a pretty good way to tarnish a reputation, which is really fun and cool and interesting, and it will make all of your players mad if you're playing in a world that has generational impacts. And so it's like the char- the players are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My character never did what you're talking about. And the DM's like, yeah, I know. I know they never did. But you see um, Tiber Timbers, the, the king of uh, 200 years ago, he he kind of like put that in the book. Interesting. So sometimes you, you're saying that you can get tarnished through someone else's choices, not even your own, uh, way after the fact that you could even change it. There's no redemption arc for tarnishing a hero once they've passed, right? That's kind of... Well, I mean, if we... At uh, the current stuff, right? You you look on the news and people are talking about defamation trials or whatever, you know? Um, like, you, you can defame somebody, whether it be in the past or in the present. I was just thinking it'd be an interesting storyline. Um, Mark Twain said, never pick a fight with anybody who buys ink by the barrel. What if, you know, you're playing a gaming session and uh, through hook or crook, your party really pisses off a popular bard? And he does a one-man tour of the whole kingdom saying, these guys suck, and here's why. And they get to so, you know, village A, and they're like, oh, you're the ones who burned down the monastery and ate all the orphans. And I'm like, what the, where did this come from? So, so yeah, yeah. It's funny that you bring that up, because we, uh, Younger, were you part of that campaign? Where it was, uh, yes. Yeah, 100%, 100% did that to the heroes. They, they, they pissed off the wrong people and just got a smear campaign against them the entire, uh, hilarious. Um, okay, so... Bryce, kind of the jump into your expertise on uh, setting up systems and things. How how easy would it be to uh, to untarnish someone that you've worked with? You know what I mean? So, like, to bring them into a better light so they can hit those standards and goals that you need to, to uh, apply your systems and whatnot. Because, obviously, sometimes when you work with new companies and whatnot, they got a little bit of uh, good or bad attached to them, you know, with how they've done stuff in the past. How do you get them to get to a okay. place that is... Uh, healthy for him quote unquote yeah uh that mostly honestly starts with expectations so our favorite thing not everybody or everything just in general uh you're what is it you're led by your expectations how happy you are is led by your expectations of something right okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not good with quotes like you guys clearly are but it's something along those lines right so we have to set expectations and a foundation first 
of what you really want to do. So what you're really looking for, how much you're looking to save, what you want from your employees. And that's when we can go in and really figure out exactly where we can help you and how much we can help you because not everything we can do. So if you want us to come in and save your business, that's not going to work, right? If you want us to come in and make everybody happy to be at work, that's not going to work either because that's not the case. Everybody's human. Most people won't like their jobs. And so that really is nothing that we can say if we're not Superman. So really setting a good foundation of expectations first and then kind of going from there is really how we've worked with the best people and really set things up smoothly man i i love talking about setting expectations because so much of what's dictated and what we do and all the stuff that we are is setting the appropriate expectations at the right time right and understanding that expectations can change uh when there's more information available right you talked about you coming in and not being able to save someone's business right if that's their expectation of you when they first start talking or making people enjoy it um, so if that's their expectation, it's your job to flip it around to make sure that they understand what you're capable of, right? So in a story setting uh, with this, uh, setting your expectations of your hero, right? Uh, by showing them other examples of heroes that have come before might be a good way to kind of lay the stage for what they can expect people to uh, want from them. If they're a hero in a generational story that, like, the ones before them killed a demon king uh, and did all this heroic stuff and, like, there's just not that many enemies to fight. You know, they're going to be fighting raiders and bandits to keep the kingdom safe and other kingdoms, not, you know, demon lords. Uh, oh, so, so oh, okay. You, you got something. I'm listening. Okay. So along that line, you know, it's like, oh yeah, the, the big bad, the evil of the campaign, you know, previous campaign heroes went fought off the great evil. And then it's like all the good should happen in the world, right? Because we we expelled the demons and we banished them from our plane of existence, so on and so forth. And then we come to the cruel realization that there is evil all around us, even in humanity. And so then like, just because you took away that evil external force doesn't mean that there is an evil harbinged inside of uh, individuals within the human realms, you know? If just because there's, uh, enemy they made enemies of the demons and the de demons are gone that they won't find enemies of the elves or the dwarves or the other human nations you know in the demons absence evil does find its way unfortunately now uh, before we get too far we had a chat in the stream uh and it looks like it's from mars xl if i said that wrong i apologize uh it says there's something interesting in the idea between a perceived hero and a, a person who is assumed to be heroic based on the word of mouth and a heroic person who is tarnished from public uh, perception being perceived as a villain. So, um, that kind of leads me into the next thought, right? Is how far can you tarnish a hero before it becomes unrecoverable, right? We talked about destroying them via word of mouth, but, like, sometimes you tarnish yourself through your own actions, right? As Owen says, you know, you watch an actor step on their own toes live in front of everybody. Uh, you know, that's on them. You know what I mean? They've, they've done messed up. They can prove that it's not just word of mouth that they've actually hit the wall. So, Owen, where do you think that line is between recoverable tarnishment and uh, you're, you're done, ruined forever? You know what I mean? People I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer that uh, based on some of the expectations. Okay. Um, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember Paul Rubens had a little problem in an adult theater many, many moons ago, a.k.a. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. We and he was the butt children. of many, many, yes, many, many, many jokes. Um, and uh, he walked out on, I think it was 
VH1's music video awards that year in full Pee Wee Herman getup, not in character. And he said, so, heard any good jokes lately, right? The crowd roared, and he was back. He was like, he, he stood front and center, and he said, that was me, that was my fault. Yeah, let's have a good laugh about it, and now can we move on, please? Yes. Some other comedians have had similar uh, redemptions because the expectation is, of course, in the in the uh, era of Me Too, oh, oh yeah, oh, he did all those horrible things. And of course he's going to deny it. He's got 74 women saying, oh, he's just a horrible person. He did all these horrible things. And of course he's going to deny it. We expect that. So when somebody goes, uh, I know you all have heard that I've done this questionable thing and I completely own up to it. And, you know, I... I I don't have any excuses for an explanation. I have these minor ones, but I'm not going to pretend that it didn't happen. I'm not going to pretend that I was that I was right somehow. And and we all have that expectation that this person is just going to stand up and just and when they don't, we're like, oh, um, I didn't expect that. Honestly, I thought you were going to be one of the bad guys because you proved yourself to kind of be the bad guy. I thought you were just going to run with that, and you didn't. It's like, oh, okay. So maybe, how far can you tarnish the hero? It depends on how good a guy they were to start, honestly. Um, if they are the paladin paragon of justice and they, like, you know, beat a grandmother to death on the steps of the temple, just like, mm, yeah, Sir Jimothy is not coming back from this at all um, without some really, really good explanations, you know. She but if, you know... She was a demon. Exactly. She was possessed. I, I got a little carried away. Mistakes were made. Um, but if it's if it's like um, so so again, expectations. How high up were they, and how far did they fall? You know, if the let's take one of my favorite examples is the Princess Bride. Okay, the first time we meet the three mugs, Vicini, Inigo, and um, Vesic, they're thugs. I mean, just, you've got a mastermind, you've got a killer for hire, and you've got a, a, a brute squad and a person. And they're going to kidnap this princess. And we're like, oh, gosh, you horrible, horrible people kidnapping this princess. And then we find out they're all, you know, they're not, you know, that bad a person. Then uh, the man in black shows up, and he was the Dread Pirate Roberts, and he's killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. But then when we find out, oh, we can forgive them, oh, for this and this and this. So um, it's, it's initial expectations, how far they fall, and how much they show us that they kind of maybe don't even deserve it. I don't know about you. I've, I know some people who got a lot of second chances that they might not have deserved. <laughs> Sorry about that. And um, so maybe they didn't deserve it, but maybe they, you know, we can Uncle Iroh this and just forgive them and bring them into the fold anyway. You know, Zuko, first season Zuko, oh my gosh, you know, but, you know, he had a point, you know, father, daddy issues, and that was a hell of a daddy to have issues about. So, uh, yeah, how, where did they start? How far did they fall? And what are they willing to do to be, be the better person? Yeah, I mean, Zuko's an interesting uh, character to bring up, in all honesty, because even after he becomes a quote-unquote hero, um, he's still viewed super negatively, right? Through the lens of that he's a he's the Fire Lord's son. 
Um, once that kind of mm-hmm. comes out about him, he's kind of just expected to be the bad guy. Um, whereas if you watch his character through the entire show, he's always a good person, right? He's just has an extreme goal to, to, to follow his orders, right? It's all about the honor and the whatnot. Um, so even with the tarnishment that he had at the end of the day, he was still a good person, right? So maybe in essence, when you're telling your stories in the future, start your character as a good person, right? And like having a villain is the same way. We'll, we'll flip the script for a second here uh, and have a villain that's done good things looking at all of Younger's characters ever. Um, but at the end of the day, they're bad people, right? They can do, they can kiss all the babies on the face and pet all the puppies, right? And decide not to kick them. But at the end of the day, they're going to do the evilest thing they can, right? Or it's for their own benefit or someone else's benefit, right? Because there's, there's villains that do good things for, for evil reasons. Um, just like there's heroes that do bad things for good reasons, right? And uh, jumping into that, uh, just as a personal question to all you guys, what what of those two tropes, uh, what would you prefer, right? Would you prefer a, a hero that has done good things in your stories? Or would you like a, a villain who has done good things that, you know, carries the story along or whatnot? Someone you know that is downright evil, but is doing good things in the process of your stories. We'll start with Younger. Let's switch directions. Wah-ha-ha. Oof. Um... I, as NPCs, I like having uh, characters that have fallen uh, from grace. Not necessarily to the point of being like, they are the bad guy. Just being like, they are definitely not the hero they once were. Like, oh, they were maimed terribly, and so they have no way to be able to fight, you know, the evils of the world like they once did. You know, they're missing an arm and a leg or something, and they just can't wield the sword, you know? Um, and so they're just like, uh, more of a shell of their former self, but they still have the capacity to be able to, uh, guide the next generation forward with their experience. Ooh. Um, okay. So before, or alcoholism problems, so on and say, so forth. I was going to say, before you get too far, that's actually a really interesting way to tarnish a hero is take away their capabilities, right? Because if they're the hero of legend that defeated the demon lord, right, and they've been a sword fighter their entire lives, but then they lose their arm by some stupid accident, right, or they end battle, they sacrifice a body part to uh, to get the win, right, they're tarnished at that point. They're not as good as they ever were. A good evil example, uh, Darth Vader, right, he was uh, tarnished post-fight with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right, you guys remember, like... Had he been full armed leg, whatever way, it would have been a way more badass character, way more terrifying, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he still was just crazy strong, uh, but he was still, you know, tarnished in more than one way. Right. Um, but uh, him being a quote unquote tarnished villain made him interesting, to say the least. Um, yeah. Or just characters with flaws, honestly, you know, like, yeah, he's the hero, but like. He doesn't feed the poor. <laughs> you know, he lives his life lavishly over in his mansion while he lets the rest of the, the wayside suffer. Um, you know, like just like just because you do heroic deeds doesn't mean that you're all around a uh, a phenomenal person, I guess. And so people have an expectation of grandeur, but then when they meet them in reality, they uh, come to cruel disappointment. Interesting. All right, Owen, I'm going to pose the original question. I think question. that's a reason oh, why you ahead. should meet your heroes. Oh, oh my bad. No, no. Oh, that, go go please, ahead, Chris. Please, please. That's it. 
Yeah, I was just saying, I think everybody gets disappointed when meeting their heroes because they expect them to live up to the pedestal that they put them on. But I think that's the reason you should meet them. If you realize that they're actually not your hero or they're not some god being walking amongst men, then you actually can see yourself as them, right? (laughs) So it's going to be disappointing at first, I'm sure, as it typically always is. But then you can actually realize that you can actually do something. You can be them if you want to, right? It's not some unfathomable thing. So I think actually meeting your heroes is actually a pretty good thing, even though it would be disappointing when you first meet them. So to pin off that, because that's a, that's a great statement. What about if they do live up to your expectations? Is that, is that worse or better? Uh, I've never met anybody that's that's worth expectation, I guess. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a fair point. It's a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, especially when we, we put our expectations high, but sometimes we put our expectations at a, a feasible amount and people are just what we think they are. Right. Um, and yeah. I think I think that's worse. If you meet someone that is the expectation of who you think they are, and you're like, "Ha ha, I was right." You get that momentary, "Yeah, I was right," and then you go, "Oh man, this is not what I what yeah, what I really want." Yeah, comparing yourself to them at all times. Uh, oh, another another comment from uh, Mars Exel. Uh, I think there's always a balance point. One is the effect of, of the action and how much harm the action causes. Did the hero stumble, or did they fall face first down uh, in a manhole? What was the motivation for the fall? Did they do the bad thing because humanity or lack thereof? I think to believe redemption, uh, the viewer must believe there is humanity. That's a solid point. I like that. Um, okay. So, um, as far as uh, bad good guys or good bad guys, or um, with a background in theater and uh, doing some writing, any character that's a good guy has to have some flaws or they're completely unapproachable to an audience. Okay. okay. I mean, even, even, you know, Captain America is, is a little, you know, isn't he just a little sexist? Isn't he just a little bit, but we, but we cut cap some slack. Now, on the other hand, my absolute favorite kind of villain is the misguided good. Okay. They're doing something really, really good with all sorts of questionable, you know, it's just why would you do I and, and you go, I, I I get it. Yes, that's a good thing, but why would you somebody said, what if Thanos had snapped his fingers and multiplied the available resources in the universe by ten times, as opposed to offing half of the sentience? We would have put up shrines. We would have been like, Oh, Thanos, you were so great. You know, so it's 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 Saving suffering was the great idea, just the the execution was terrible. So when you have a misguided good, um, that's a great villain. Oh, a great, great, great villain, because you're like, no, I get it. I get why you're doing this, and we're still going to have to stop you, but I get why you're doing it. The other one was, um, hey, uh, if you ever want to have a love interest in a story, make sure it's the villain, okay? Because the good guy will sacrifice you to save everything else and the villain will watch the world burn to save you so perspective perspective but yeah no i love me some some misguided good because then you know you got half the party going you know he's out of line but he's you know he's not wrong you know oh i hate this i hate this so i don't want to burn down the orphanage but that's like a, a lot of a lot of demons there yes listening what you got actually yeah uh... 
I, I, have, I have a campaign that I ran that uh, one of the planes, the Feywild in particular, was essentially collapsing. And so there were rifts within the material plane uh, being invaded by all sorts of matter of creatures and beasts. And the human realm was like, oh, we got to stop this. We got to we gotta kill them, got to stop it. But in the reality, it was just that the, uh, the creatures of the Fey were fleeing the Fey wild so that they could use it to create a barrier um, to keep the abyss at bay because the abyss had started spilling into it. And so um, it inadvertently uh, made the heroes the bad guys because they're killing the other good guys um, and, like, pincering them between them and the demons. Um, and so I think that... And you can, have, you can have the bad guys and the worst guys. That's, that's I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty standard trope, too. It's just like... Yeah, these guys like you know neglect their mom on Mother's Day, but you know these guys over here are like you know throwing babies off of cliffs and stuff. Let, let's let's join up with the with the you know unpleasant to to combat the truly truly nasty. Of course, it does also get down to spending time with their mother. Exactly, I love I love my mom. I love my mom. Um, but uh, then it gets to the question of how do you define evil? So not to a, get too that's metaphysical. A, that's a great question, and I, I I have an answer for that. If you don't like, uh, sure. With, with with evil it depends on the world you're in, right? Um, because lots of evil is gray and middling and all that fun stuff, right? But you as storytellers and heroes are are the ones directing what is truly evil with your stories, right? Uh, killing babies is a is a fantastic example, right? Uh, because in general, morally, we can all say that killing children is bad, right? But in some worlds, we'll say 40k, that might be a necessity to fuel something that keeps thousands of other people safe. Is that good? No, right? But it might not truly be evil at the end of the day. Um, in the setting, right? As a general concept, yeah, evil, bad, no good, right? Uh, but how loosely you base your world's morals on uh, real topics is going to be a good differentiating point for what is evil, right? Because it changes. Uh, and the other part is perspective. We kind of talked about this a couple times, specifically younger, where it is uh, the good guys are good in this country or province or whatever, but you go two over and they're evil people that just kill every village that they go into, right? Because that's all they've heard about or all they've seen, or that's the reality, right? Because they're winning a campaign, winning a war. Well, uh, there's other people on the other side of that, and unless they are those quote-unquote evil races or whatnot that are guaranteed to be an evil Right, perspective-wise, uh, the heroes can be good, or sorry, the the villains can be good, the heroes can be bad, whatever. Right. <clears throat> so, kind of going. Usually, bad guys don't see themselves as bad guys. Usually, thank you. Thank Unless you, they're like, you, I'm the wicked witch. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, because there there is a way to put true evil into your worlds, right? And that might be the best cornerstone for the storytelling is have the worst possible option posted somewhere. Right, so you know what true evil looks like in whatever your world you're telling, uh, because that sets a post for what you're comparing everything else to. Um, right? It There's goes, a lich literally killing everything. All the plants are turning black and dying. No, nothing, nothing is alive. And, and why are they? Of and why are they doing this for funsies? Because that's that's just what they do. Evil, chaotic evil. See, I disagree. Oh, really? I disagree entirely. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Terry, Sir Terry Pratchett in the Discworld series is talking about the nature of sin. Mm-hmm. He's got the witch getting into a conversation with the priest. And the priest says, well, you know, it's all about sin. And she says, I don't know what sin is. Sin is when you treat people like things. He's like, well, there's more to it than that. And she's like, yeah, there's more to it than that. But it boils down to, are you treating people like things? Okay. Okay. So in my universe, I've got a lich who's in charge of a country. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Why? Because when he has low taxes, when he uh, defends his villagers and, and townspeople and city folk, violently anybody who wants to mess with them got to answer to him first um really great trade laws everybody wants to come in there and trade and stuff and again if you mess around they'll kill you um and it's just absolutely wonderful to the people under his protection why because they are now a buffer against any group of do-gooders sir jimothy and the boys who show up we will smite this lich the hell you will he's the best leader we've had and Nobody messes with us. We haven't been at war for 800 years. Our economy is spectacular. We got the biggest life expectancy ever. And yeah, he's you know undead. Oh, boo, undead. I'm sorry. Life expectancy literally indefinite. <laughs> well, his yes, but everybody else has gone up. So um, if you if if you've got somebody who's evil, who who and by evil I mean eminently selfish. That's, that's my definition of evil is they think of themselves first, last, and only. So you've got this, this, this super genius level going, what, what would throw themselves in the way of, of assassins just, you know, daily? Oh, no, an assassin. Oh, I'll save you, my lord. You know, what, what else would be a good thing? People like me. I would love it for people. It would be a good thing for people to like me. So I want to do all this good stuff. I'm going to do all this wonderful stuff, all this social stuff, so everybody is just happier, and they all owe me a little bit. Okay, oh, that's a nice uh, farm you got there. Who's been protecting it for 300 years? Yeah, that would be me. Cough, cough. So um, I, I I think mustache twirling villains are boring, and I think evil races are lazy. If I need if I need if I need sword fodder or crossbow fodder for a party, that's what undead is for. Mindless shambling zombies. Oh, ghouls! I love ghouls. Yeah, you can stomp all the ghouls you want, um, but um, if a capital E evil, you know, where are you from? I'm from Evil. Population me. I think it's um, if you if you boil it down to uh, empathy and lack of empathy. That's that's a pretty good working definition there too. Um, well, lawful lawful good. What do you do? Well, we follow the rules and we make it so that everybody's doing better. That sounds like empathic, you know, uh, uh, weaponized empathy right there. We're going to make sure everybody does the right thing. Okay, chaotic evil. What's that mean? Me, 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 and I'll do anything that I have to do. Okay, that sounds like complete lack of empathy. So uh, I don't think evil is nebulous, and I don't think evil is um, a philosophical concept. I think it can be nailed down pretty hard. And when you start from that point of view, it's just like, oh, you've got a good character. How do we know that this guy is a good guy, this gal is a good gal? Because they're doing things that benefit others. You know, they stop and, and you know, buy Miss, Miss Maisie, who hasn't, you know, I, I bought you some 
chrysanthemums oh my favorite oh gosh you know just lifting everybody up an inch and then when they go bad you're like why why did we like this person oh oh you know dad's an alcoholic you know mom's whatever whatever and when they're when they don't have empathy when they kick the dog out of their way because they were walking here then we hate them because they're like no you just you don't care about anybody anybody but yourself so just my two cents i could be wrong so i i don't disagree whatsoever with that i think that's a great way to show both good and bad um but i think it is also okay to have the quote-unquote nebulous evil right and it, it might be lazy writing it might be bad but i think you can have it and do it well um it really just depends on your setting right if you want things to be more realistic pull that away right because realism doesn't have hard lines a lot of the time right sometimes there is again silly comic book reference to the joker right Across that board, the Joker is an evil person, right? In any DC comic, the one time that he was a good guy, he punched Hitler in the face, I think. Um, he pays his taxes like he's supposed to. Those are the only two ex- uh, examples of the Joker being good that I can see. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, sorry, was it, was, it, was it the Joker that punched Hitler in the face, or was it Red Skull? One of the two, I, don't, I forget. Um, but definitely, definitely a thing. No, it was definitely it was definitely a joke. Yes, sorry. Um, so where were we? Tarnishing heroes. Back I think to, expectations, expectations of like what your uh, alignment system is in the okay. game, really. Right, right. So again, setting that in your story somehow very important, so people understand why they should like or dislike characters, or uh, as you said, what they have to do to redeem themselves. Uh, when they when they goof up, right? Because what about a settled tarnishment, right? Somewhere where you've accepted that you've kicked the dog and you're not willing to go back on it because it was necessary to to go forward, right? So this is a this is a, this is a hero or setting or whatnot that has chosen to do the bad thing because it had the best outcome. You brought up forty k a little earlier, and um. I really like the fluff and the lore. I mean, the non-xenophobic, non-racist stuff. Um, and 40K is just chock full of gray. There's no, I mean, there are no good guys. Salamander, um, Salamander's good guys. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, I had a, I, when I was running a Dark Heresy, I had a... Um, inquisitor who uh ordered an exterminatus for those of you who don't know he had an entire planet with billions of people on it completely bombed back to prebiotic conditions and uh and which of course is an evil act one would stand back and say oh you killed literally millions and billions of people but the option the alternative was worse if they had if if he had let this demonic incursion happen then all 10 billion people would have died anyway, and they would have had their souls ripped apart and eaten by these these vast cyclopean chaos gods. And it probably would have spread to other places, and, 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 and. So he was, he was a surgeon of the body politic, as it were, and it was better to kill this cell than it was to let it metastatize and run across the universe. So, um, well, and another thing with 40k is they have so many people, right? Comparatively, a billion people in 40k is you know, a hundredth, yeah. 
thousandth, a millionth of the population. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not not statistically significant, as they say in the biz. Um, on the other hand, um, everybody matters. You know, uh, 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 you know that's that's somebody. That's a, a sentience. That's a person. That's a, a thinking entity. It goes back to the uh, the kid throwing starfish out in the ocean, and the old lady says, "Why are you throwing starfish back in the ocean?" And he says, "Because if I leave them out in the sun, they'll die." And she's looking up ten miles a beach and says, "It's not going to make a difference." And he says, "It made a difference to this one." So, some sometimes that's the hero, and the tarnish is when, oh oh oh, you were talking about this. What happens when the hero has to do the awful thing? to keep worse things from happening and gets completely ostracized. The the paladin, he, he's trying to get the information out of the bad guy, and the bad guy's like, you can't even touch me. You can't hurt me. You can't torture me to death. You're a good guy. And the paladin takes off his helmet and he says, yeah, <clears throat> I am. Um, you got to ask yourself, how, how badly do you want to be where I break bad? Okay? Because if I break bad, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to cut off a toe. No, um, if, if, if I decide that I need this information badly enough, I will do the blackest acts. They will, they will write stories about the things I do to you, okay, as a, as a to, to scare children, okay? And do you want, is, is, is today the day, are you the one that makes me completely turn my back on all my goodness? Because again, if I go, if I go, crack, it's not going to be a little bit. It's going to be an avalanche all over you. So you just decide. And the guy's like, "Oh gosh, you know, we put her in the tent and blah blah blah." So that can be a that can be a great um, that can be a great the the self sacrificing hero who is doing the evil thing so nobody else has to. That's uh, I mean, that's that that's meta that's meta hero stuff. Becoming the villain to stay the hero or vice versa. I don't remember how that works. Gotcha. I, I again, I I like the concept. Um, you know, again, I keep I re- keep referencing DC for some reason tonight, but uh, mm-hmm. to to quote the Joker one more time, uh, you know, everyone has their one bad day, right? You can take a, a good person. Killing <laughs> joke. Um, and even at the end of that book, you know, Batman has his one bad day. Uh, mm-hmm. and ends up, you know, choking Joker to death in that timeline or whatnot. Do dead, right? And seen as him giggling to himself, uh, holding a dead body. Like, that was it. It was a game over, right? So no one else had to get hurt. But he had to break his one rule. He had to, you know, do the thing that he said he wouldn't ever do. So on and so forth. Batman's still a hero after that, right? He's still a good man. He was doing it for the betterment. Is he going to feel like death afterwards? You mean, is he going to remorse about those things? Yes, right? And I think that's the other half of that, right? Is you're going to feel bad about doing the bad things. You might be able to accept them. Uh, and not feel great about what you had to do, right? But you're going to be confident in the fact that you had to do it, right? Or, again, storytelling for watching a hero's being tarnished, have that be be known or be found out later. Because, again, post-storytelling, uh, Younger brought up the cannibalistic silliness before, right? This this random village that we destroyed were cannibals, said the hero 20 years ago. And then you go to the remnants of that village, and there's zero evidence of that ever being a thing. And then you get to pop it out like, hey, you know that king that died six weeks ago? He lied, right? And you get to tarnish his quote-unquote legacy afterwards because uh, he lied for some dumb reason, right? 
Um, and then finding out why and how and all that fun things adds to stories uh, and such. So, back to the question bits. When we have that style hero, right, going back to the, the tarnish bit, where they have chosen to go through with whatever act they have to, um, do you feel that you could connect to those kind of characters at all? Uh, I'm going to start with Bryce. Uh, yeah, to an extent. I think to be a hero, right, heavy's the head. So you have to do whatever you have to do in order to get the job done, in my opinion. So okay. I feel people, especially entrepreneurs, that we've all seemed like we started something, right? So you're going to have to make tough decisions. You're going to have to make tough calls. People aren't going to like it. You're not going to like a lot of the decisions that you have to make either. Um, but if you actually want to do and accomplish the goal that you set out to do, you're going to have to just get through it. So, yeah, I do find myself, what was the, I don't remember the word, but yeah, um, feeling as sometimes those characters, because not every decision is easy. Most aren't. If you're going to be a CEO, you're probably going to have to fire somebody. You're probably going to have to let somebody else go and you're gonna have to just move on right so it's not gonna feel good you're taking somebody's livelihood you're completely destroying their world so yeah you're not gonna feel great but i do find myself reminiscing but understanding where those characters come from because sometimes it's really difficult gotcha okay i, I the way you said that was perfect because that's exactly how i feel with stuff i'm sure younger is the same way uh, and heck, Owen, Owen owns stuff too. So like, we're we're on the same boat here. We all, I think we'd all agree with that mm -hmm. statement. Younger, what about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on this tarnished hero idea? I think. Um, can you connect with it? Is it something that you say, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I mean, I if I do do something that's a like I can connect with it for sure. But if I do play a character, it's usually on the uptake from that as opposed to the uh, downfall of it. It's like uh, the post recognition of, uh, you know, that, that level of failure um, or whatever. Um, and I could see great appeal in playing a paladin who uh, went down the Oath Oathbreaker path. They get the best spells. Um, <laughs> so, um, stepping into the entrepreneurial side of things, um, what, hey, subscriber, thanks for the follow. Oh, Matt Hat, fantastic. Uh, so, with, uh, with, with that, right, thinking from the business side of things, right, uh, when you deal with your employees as CEO or leader or whatever you call yourself in your position. Uh, what do you think is the thing that would tarnish you the most given your position? What is something that like, if you did this, it would be the worst for you. Just personal thought in your opinion and in your stuff. Hmm. We'll start with younger. Cause I want to hear what he says. Well, ha ha. Okay. So if you're working within an organization that has a set standard time out. that is time out, time out, time out. you personally you're talking to you as as owner of epic sages what is the worst thing you could do that you think of that would tarnish your name the most as a as a company owner uh put forth 
I mean, I guess it would be something probably in my personal life. Like, oh, yeah, he went on a murderous rampage and burnt seven orphanages. Right. That'd be pretty bad. But right. I'm looking with a realistic expectation of, like, I know myself would never do that. Um, and so it's really within the capacity of which you allow yourself to fall. So I would say that it would probably be something in regards to the the shortcomings of putting forth a product that was not worth uh, anything, like putting forth something that was of a lower standard than which I am comfortable putting forth. Okay, that's a that's a solid choice. Um, jumping over to Bryce. Bryce, what about you? And, and what you do now? What is something that you think would tarnish you as a uh, business leader? That's a really good question. Um, yes, since I don't create the product necessarily, I just help set it up and things like that. It probably wouldn't be putting the best product forward since I think that we do have the best one. It would more than likely be that I guess consistently lied to the people that I worked with and told them that I had an expectation of things that I was doing and I didn't hold up on my end. That makes sense. So gotcha, okay. then I think there's just a lack of respect. And once there's a lack of respect, there's a lack of trust. And when there's no trust, you don't really have anybody with you. So that, I think that would be the case. So it would just have to be holding myself to the same standard that I expect them to hold themselves to. And if me, if I don't do that and they call me out on it and then I double down and lie and say that I am, even though I know I'm not, I think that would probably be the worst thing. Nice. Okay. I mean, And uh, before I get to the point of this, Owen, what about you? Um, well, uh, my current, current, uh, thing of ours, businessy type thing has about 22 people in it. We came up with a great, I don't like mission statements, but I do like, uh, ethics statements. Basically we came up with, um, we're going to do things the right way and we're going to be very, very transparent about it. So I think the worst thing that I could do as a person involved with this is go against our core standards and then try to hide it. Um, you know, do something not right and then obfuscate and kill the transparency. Oh, no, 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 that didn't happen because it's going to come out. It always comes out. Um, so the if I did something wrong and was transparent about it, that's one thing. If I do something wrong and then try to fudge it, and just just yeah tear up tear up tear up my business plan it's nothing is going to work well because not not only cannot the public trust me the people i work with can't even trust me and I, you got nothing you're only you're only as good as your reputation nice so another um, extrapolating all that um when you're telling your heroes and they aren't necessarily the player characters or the main body right when you're showing someone else getting tarnished and destroying their reputation Destroying their respect is probably the easiest way to take down their character a notch, right? God heroes, emperors, kings, whatever. If you can destroy the trust that they built through... Expo Again, cannibals, great example. Uh, pulling out that those those people weren't cannibals, right? And then they try to fuddle their way through. Oh, yeah, they totally are. Look at all this would-be proof, and it's all fake. Easily proven fake, yada, yada, yada. Uh, there's no recovering from that. That there, right, the continued lies is what will continuously tarnish and uh, destroy the character, right? Because they don't necessarily have to be evil. They could just be scared of failure. 
Um, which is funny because Mars, uh, sorry, Mars Excel, again, I apologize for your name, uh, says in the comments, uh, the idea of a hero, uh, the idea of a hero being tarnished because they failed horrifically, not because they were evil or just had to do a tough thing. They just failed at saving the city world, whatever. Uh, there's something to the being tarnished simply because they failed to save the day. Right. Um, I think, I think in that sense, um, they can always recover from that, right? Not saving the city, the town, the world might be hard on them, and they might have to personally overcome things to to not be, you know, viewed as bad. Uh, but if they lie about it, right, they didn't save the city, they didn't save the kid, and they didn't do whatever, and then they, you know, continue, oh, it was because of this, and it wasn't because of that, and that comes out, that, that hits that hardcore line that they can't come back from, right? Because a big part about the... Uh, going through with this tarnished hero phase, right? If you're not going to continue being tarnished, it's the asking for forgiveness or admitting guilt. As you guys have said, being transparent is a big part of it. Well, then you have um, MCU. The biggest fall in the Avengers line is Thor <laughs> because he he stops believing in himself. He's, he's unworthy, okay? And... Uh, I had a friend who uh, was in the service. He says, everybody thinks PTSD looks like Hawkeye. No, it looks like Thor. Um, just no no faith in himself, so I'll just play a few video games. So that's that's his thing. He's no longer a hero even in his own mind because he, he messed up so badly. And, of course, we're like, no, no, Thor, you're, you're really a hero. No, no, no. And when he gets, you know, when mom says, no, no, kid, you know, you're all right, you know. And when he does the with the hammer again, he's like, "Oh, cranks! Oh, I'm 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 still worthy and stuff." So he was self tarnished, and he was throwing himself under all the buses, and just like, "No, nobody, nobody can trust me again. Nobody can rely on me again. I just I'm such a I messed everything up." Um, and like Mar said, uh, Mar's one of my players. Hi, Mar. Um, like Mar said, uh. They he did he messed up half of the, half of the sentience on the in the universe died because Thor messed up or at least that's what he's been telling himself. Um, so I, I think I I hope that everybody can relate to a hero who fails because we all did multiple times. Um, but, uh, what they do to get back on your, their feet. I have a personal story where I was feeling like a complete fuck up. And the person that was driving with me, she says, Hey, you know, Walt Disney went bankrupt four times before Disneyland opened. Really? Yeah. Did you know that? Right. And we had this, and she gave me this pep talk and I'm like, yeah, I can face this. Just then this little yellow sports car doing like 95 blasted past us. And the license plate was D I S N E Y. <laughs> I'm like, okay, message received. Got it. I'll get back on the horse here. Thank you so much. But um, yeah, I think, I think the, the, a, a hero that doesn't fail sometimes is boring. The arc is tries and fails, raise the stakes. Tries and fails, raise the stakes. Tries and ultimately succeeds. That's the that's the three the three uh, three part story arc. Um, 
So maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the takeaway. Maybe we should give our heroes more opportunities to fail and to get tarnished, so they have a pit to climb out of. Does that make any sense? Hundred percent. I'm fully behind that one. Um, yeah, I mean, you brought up Thor. That's probably one of my favorite examples uh, that anyone mm. anyone can give. Right. As much as there is some controversy about how they handled his character in the MCU's and stuff. Specifically in the in the in the movie where we get uh, Fat Thor for a while, you know, you get to see that transition mm-hmm. of him being worthy still. And I think that was one of the most powerful mm-hmm. messages that they've sent in in the storylines. Right? You got to see yes. you got yes. you got to see the hero that was the biggest, the baddest, the strongest, the mightiest Avenger be reduced to a lazy slob for a while. Um, right. The effects of that and how it affected real people around him. You know, I mean, you got to see the the his home country. You know. Uh, and you understood it because you got to see that man lose his dad. You got to see him lose his mom. You got to see him lose his brother. You got to see him lose half the universe because he was arrogant and didn't go for the head. Um, mm-hmm. sister. Uh, you know, we don't count his sister. That was his fault. He uh, he caused that one. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, still uh, had to had to kill one of his own family members like that man went through a lot in the span of you know four years. Uh, like, it was understandable that he had a, he had an off year for a while. Um, but, uh, being able to see that and have the come up and as an NPC or a PC watching an NPC go through that process can be just as powerful as the players themselves going through it. Right. Um, if you, if you're playing with a, I'm not going to say inexperienced group because there's plenty of experienced groups that like to be the super powerful, never failed yahoos. Uh, but if they have someone with them that is that, they try and fail, they try and fail, or they succeed sometimes, and they that's where their character growth comes in, um, mm-hmm. uh, that can be really powerful for the storytelling, right? That character will be remembered far longer than any of the player characters besides by the characters, right? That NPC will be mm-hmm. memorable. People will talk about him later or her later, yada, yada, uh, for quite some time. And sometimes it can be silly characters. Uh, my favorite example is like the, uh, the party pet right a scorpion a, a a seagull a what a dog that just everyone loves and gives all the gear to or something silly right uh i don't know if any of you guys have ever watched what happens when you harm said creatures uh the the party <laughs> goes the party goes a little crazy every time oh you're in time that is a that's a hot button trigger you want to piss your party off have the big bad evil guy kill the pet yeah john wick your dog <laughs> yeah. gets 100% yeah, yeah. Um, another great example of a tarnished hero, right? And his redemption arc, quote unquote, is the story, the, the, the violence that follows. Is John Wick a good guy or a bad guy? He's a guy with a dog. John Wick's an understandable guy. Oh, oh, that's another, that's another aspect on that. We love villains because villains get away with stuff that we all wish we could get away with. Tell me I'm wrong. Okay. When Loki's out there being all smarmy, hey, I'm just too cool for school. And like, man, I really dig Loki. He gets away with all this stuff and it's kind of cool. Um, but he has to fail in the end. Uh, it goes. This goes back to Shakespeare. Okay. We love the bad guys doing all sorts of bad guy stuff. Darth Vader. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're like, oh, Darth Vader is so cool. But he has to fail in the end so that, you know, good can triumph, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, John Wick, um, 
Yeah, anybody anybody who's ever given their party like a familiar or you know an animal companion for the ranger, yeah, they're they're all John Wick. They're just John Wick waiting to happen, and now they have a template. It's just oh no, you got to go and kill everybody in the castle. Okay, yeah, I kind of figured. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we 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 wish we could get away with that. We wish we wish there there was a way to get even with all the people who did us wrong. Metaphor killing our dogs and we wish it was that easy and so we get a lot of catharsis um, out of the characters because um, yeah they done him wrong and he went and got payback which you just gave me a great idea of having somebody dress up in a particular outfit kick somebody's dog kill their familiar and then the party goes on a rampage against that country to go get revenge or whatever. And then it turns out it was a completely different third party that was just masquerading as them the whole time. And so they created sure. it. Nice. Sure. We okay. need these. We need these heroes out of the out of the way so we can do our real bad stuff. So not to cut you guys off, but we are past the hour mark, so we're going to do our wrap ups. Um, this is a wonderful conversation, and we might have to continue it on at another point. But. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we're going to do our wrap-ups, give you guys a little bit of time to talk about yourself, your stuff. Um, Owen, I'll let you do your video, but I'm going to have it uh, after Bryce gets his, gets his uh, perfect. pound of flesh. Wah-ha-ha. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, Bryce Milton. <laughs> so, like I said before, uh, in the beginning, uh, help install virtual wellness programs into companies and into other businesses as well. Uh, and so, if you want to talk to me more about it or just have more questions on it, feel free to talk to me on LinkedIn, uh, Bryce Milton at Alto Workplace Benefits, or also in my YouTube comment section. It's the same at. Perfect. Side question on that. Can people that aren't the boss contact yeah. you to get you in touch with their companies? Like, do you recommend that employees reach yeah. out to you too? Yep. Yeah. Anybody can talk to me and then I can, yeah, it's always easier to have a foot in the door, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, I can say who told me to talk to you. And yeah, that'll also help. Yeah. So if you got 20 plus people at your company and you want them to do some fun stuff and things, talk to Bryce. He's got you covered. So. Before we do our end segment and silly music and all that fun stuff, Owen has a special treat for us tonight. So if you pop that up, I'll, I'll, I'll do the thing. Okay, beautiful. Um, yeah, so you can find me uh, on my link tree, but um, this uh, theatrical background, and I love movie trailers, so I was like, hey, why don't we do a trailer for a tabletop RPG? And here it is. Um, do you want me to share screen? Yes, or please. Okay, and clickety-click. Click on that and go live and play. Once upon a time, everything, everything died. The elders and the aunties have some strong opinions about why, but that's it. Everything just about died and went to dust. To dust. To dust. Your folk barely survived and no one can say why. There used to be magic. There used to be magic. There used to be magic. Gods. 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 Dragons. Dragons. Clean, Clean water. water. The sea used to be blue, they say. They say. Not black with the charcoal of a billion cindered trees. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. 
the moon used to be a circle, they, they say. say. Not a twisted ball of a million shards. Bits still rain down even after all this time. The sun still shines, leading down like a golden forge Tides still run, unpredictable as phases of a shattered moon. Ash flows. Sometimes for days. You are heroes in a world with no concept of heroism. Not anymore. Not anymore. Welcome. 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 To Splinter. And I am inordinately proud of that. <laughs> Sorry say, for inflicting it on everybody, but not, uh, that's that's good. I do the same thing with my music whenever I make stuff that I make everyone listen to it. So I 100% understand. So thank you so much. That's super awesome. Um, for our stuff coming up, uh, we have Comic Con not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, so we will be in town in Fairbanks, causing havoc and whatnot at the Comic Cons. Uh, and then I think the week afterwards, we also have things. So the month of February is going to be pretty busy for us. February 3rd and 4th is Comic-Con. Uh, and then 10th and 11th is the Ice Love You uh, Bazaar. Um, big thing, Monday is our first session of Avatar Legends, or, you know, based on Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, we are doing post-Cora games, so it's all new lore and making stuff up as we go along in the setting of the Avatar universe. Uh, we have a fantastic crew of yahoos. Um... And uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, what else we got? Younger, you think? Oh, uh, new stuff and things. Check it. We got some new products I posted about. Um, check those out before they're all gone, because Younger's trying to buy them all for himself. The greedy man he is. Um, and then, as per usual, store stuff online. Uh, code for this month uh, is still Wild Nine O Seven, Capital W, lowercase everything else. Uh, it's not February yet, so you don't get to know February's code. Wahahahaha. Uh, that'll get you 10% off at the store on everything that we sell directly. So everything but our merch, basically. Um, and then, what else is there? That's really it. Uh, again, Monday's a big thing for us. Wednesdays are continuing for a while. Lancer is no more. So if you haven't watched the finale of Lancer, please do so. Uh, admittedly, it might be a little flat as of an ending, but it's over. Um, if you didn't watch any of it, go watch all of it. There's only 26 episodes, so it's like a good uh, anime series. Two seasons, good to go. 13 episodes each. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> let's see. I think that's all for us. Younger, am I missing anything important? I think you covered it. Ah, no, we're wrong. Uh, subscribe, Wizards T. We gotta, we gotta start pushing that again. Uh, Wizards T, get cool stuff every month. Get on the wheel of chaos. Get your certifications for DM stuff when you play games with us. All the fun stuff, get the no Wizards tea. They get 20% off everything they buy, so, like, super worth it, especially if you're spending any money with us at all. Um, Yeah, check all that fun stuff out. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to message us um, in the comments, the things, wherever. You can find us on all the things that you're probably currently watching this on. Um, and with adventure in mind, have a wonderful time. Find the button here. Perhaps in the wrong spot. Aha!